This is the Candeo Equipping Podcast. Welcome to the Candeo Equipping Podcast. Uh, my name is Jake, and I'm sitting here with Nick Center, who's one of our elders here at Candeo. And, Great to be here, Jake. Yeah, and so uh, Nick is is kind of co-teaching our Gospel 101 class uh, with Mark Jackson, and with with the snow and snow apocalypse and we tried we tried twice services to get to it. canceled and all that stuff we we really were like okay so for any of the students who are taking gospel one on one in on Sunday mornings at this rate you're gonna have to stay through your summer vacation to actually be <laughs> able to get through it with the weather so really what we thought we would do is we'd uh, Nick and I thought we'd sit down we'd talk through lesson two. Um, to at least be able to to give kind of a basis for where we're going, because uh, next week Mark's going to be jumping into uh, lesson three, and um, and yeah, so and this is kind of fun because I've never actually taken gospel one hundred and one, so <laughs> this like if if you hear me asking questions and kind of interacting, it really is from a place of ignorance. So if you if you have your book in front of you or whatever, and you have your answers filled in, that's you know a hundred percent more work than what I've done <laughs> in this. You know, like. Twice as much, if not more, than what I do. Oh, so, you're being modest. You'll do great. So I do know that this that this session is about God, right? It is. Yeah. If I can read uh, Doctor Dodge's, uh, you know, writing well, but um, but yeah, you've got you got a bunch of notes and you've thought a lot about this, Nick. And so, um, what are some things like like that you would have wanted to talk about if if the session was live, right? Yeah, Jake, uh, I guess to get started, uh, I wanted to just really uh, remind our listeners of what the vision for Gospel 101 is, mm. and, and that really helps me and, and drives me as I invest time, as uh, as our attenders are, listen- are investing time into this class and, and reading and studying outside of it. What's what's the purpose behind why I'm doing that? And, mm. and Mark and I talked, and really our, our goal is that uh, our our attenders to Gospel 101 would just grow in a greater depth of understanding of the gospel. Hmm. And that would produce two things in their life, that they would have uh, a more of a, a rich worship of Jesus, and that would lead them into more intentional conversations with those around them. Hmm. So uh, as we grow deeper in the gospel together, uh, I'm looking forward uh, and, I'm, and I'm challenged with you to, to continue in, in worshiping him and being intentional in these, in these uh, conversations that we have. Man, that's awesome. That's great. So uh, before we jump into lesson two, I'd, I'd really like to just talk a little bit about lesson one, mm. which uh, seems like forever ago, but about three weeks ago, uh, Mark led us through what's the gospel, and uh, I, I really appreciated that he he started with what is the simple gospel. If you were going to narrow it down, what would that be? And uh, I guess I would I would challenge uh, our listeners just to even maybe hit pause right now and write down what what is the simple gospel? What does it mm. take to believe? Uh, and to be right with God. And uh, as we come back here, uh, what did you answer? Did you, did you answer something like uh, uh, confess your sin and, and be right to God or, or uh, something of that nature? Uh, that's great. Uh, you know, I, I would answer the simple gospel as simply as Romans 6.23, uh, mm. for, the, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And that I love to draw up, if I'm sharing the gospel for the first time with somebody, the, the bridge diagram with that, Jake, and, mm. and just to show that the wages of sin separates us from God. And, 
it's it's his free gift that makes us right with him mm-hmm. with the father through through Jesus yeah and so that's in such a simple way as Mark was pointing out it gets to the simple gospel and, um, and maybe if I as we go through this class and, and maybe as you grow in Christ in addition to going beyond that simple gospel I, I challenge you to grow in a deeper understanding uh, of the gospel and, and I would point you to my my favorite passage in in probably the whole Bible is uh, Romans 3 22 through 25 and uh, and uh, it starts. It starts with verse twenty-two. Uh, but I, for our purposes, I would just want to challenge you to open your Bible and, and read it with me. And uh, let's let's jump in at the second half of verse twenty-two, and then we're going to finish it with the first half. Uh, so twenty-two through twenty-five. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation to be received by faith. And then jumping back to the the beginning of verse 22, the righteousness righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Mm. There's no other passage as we go beyond the simple gospel in in all of Scripture that I know that is so dense uh, with gospel truths, Jake, of of show, showing us from the beginning that uh, all have sinned mm. and fallen short of the glory of God, and then going into into deep uh, words that we can't just gloss over. That uh, that I challenge our, our listeners to to ask questions about and go deeper in in things like how are we justified by His grace? What is redemption through Christ Jesus? Mm. What is this word propitiation? What is that? What is that word all about? <laughs> and uh, finally, the the end. Why why I like to to end it with the beginning of verse 22, because it's really the order of the gospel is mm. after we realize those things, it always comes back to that we've received the righteousness of God through faith. Mm. So uh, those are just some things that I would have talked about if we met of starting with the simple gospel yeah. and then going deeper through those. Yeah, and that's really... that I, I love how you, how you go back to verse 22 because it makes the for all have sinned, right? Like, like sin is an offense against... A righteous God, hmm. you know, and it's only through Christ that we receive His righteousness, so that we don't stand before a righteous God as offensive. Right? Absolutely, like, like yeah. He takes away the offense of our sin and hands us the righteousness of Christ. That's that's really beautiful. I love, I love how you brought it back to verse twenty-two there. So, one of the other questions we had for this week uh, out of chapter one that you did for your homework was question six: Why do Christians lack eagerness in sharing the gospel? You know, as I was pondering this, I was I was even thinking about things that I'm eager to share about with others that I don't even have to, uh, you know, you don't have to pull out of me, Jake, right. how I uh, <laughs> how I love certain things. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I got to for the first time uh, go out to eat and, and visit Zombie Burger for the first time. Yeah, there you, you have, have you ever had Zombie Burger? I have. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, then you and are, I survived. You're an evangelist Please. as well, then as well for for Zombie Burger. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting there with my wife, and we got to have this this burger, and I'm like, well, it's just going to be a burger. But it was fantastic. It's not it, just a burger. It, it's not just a burger. It had, it had all the right sides. It had guac. <laughs> it had bacon. It had spicy mayo. It had jalapenos. I was I was just uh, uptown, and I found myself. <laughs> 
talking to my wife, even on our drive home, a couple times. And, and she was laughing about it. She's like, all right, I think I get it, you know. Uh, like I was there, yeah. right? Like- uh, she experienced it too, you know. Uh, but even as I was thinking about this question, it's like something as basic as that is like as a, a movie you enjoy or a, a game that you watch, it's, it's easy to talk about. And, mm. and so what are uh, things that minimize our eagerness to share the gospel uh, mm. uh, in, in ways that, uh, that, con- that are in contrary to things that I'm eager to share about? Mm. And I came up with three ways, uh, three things that, that hurt my eagerness. And the primary one is fear, uh, you know, and uh, fear of what man thinks of me. And uh, one promise that I've been clinging to as I, I'm fearful just like the next person at times to share the gospel or to have conversations mm. is Isaiah 41.13, <clears throat> for I am the Lord God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. That when I lack eagerness to share the gospel or, or have reasons that uh, cause me to not, uh, when I think of fear, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to remind me of, of truths like that. Mm. Uh, other things that... Um, might hinder us is is the fact that we think we're the savior and we have to do the work in convincing this person, which is absolutely we should try to convince one some someone. But I'm challenged to remember that God is the one who changes hearts. He's the one who uh, who draws ones to Himself. And, mm-hmm. and some verses I was meditating on for that were uh, Ephesians six ten, which says that uh, um, we need to fight in the strength that the strength of the Lord and the strength that He provides. He's yeah. the one who goes before us in, in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to stand and watch. And so as we pray for the lost around us, we can meditate on those truths and, mm. and go forward in confidence. And uh, the last one for uh, reasons that we lack eagerness to share is I think we forget that there, that, uh, there are eternal rewards that God calls us to. Mm. And uh, ultimately the most eternal reward the the prize is Jesus himself, right? But he tells us to, uh, in Matthew 6, 19 through 20, to lay up for yourselves treasures in not on earth, but in heaven where moth and rust will not destroy. And uh, so yeah, Jacob, as I lack eagerness, when I mm-hmm. meditate on verses like this, they do the opposite of, of that as they produce eagerness in me to, to treasure Jesus and treasure the gospel and to push through these, these things that hinder me. Yeah, and it makes me think of... Uh, Oh, it was, a, it was probably a month ago now, uh, Cody's message about loving people, where uh, where when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. You know, and it was like he, he saw people in a distinctly different way than I often see people. Uh, it, it's easy to see people as either either as in the way, right? Like you're trying to get somewhere and... I just wish there were less cars on the road. I wish there were less people in line. I wish, like, I just want to get to where I'm going and get it done. And and people are a hindrance to that. So mm-hmm. there's either that, or uh, or it's not so much like a uh, like like a disdain for people, or it's just a it's just a pure apathy. Like it's it's like there's a fog over over my eyes where I just don't see people as souls wow. walking around. I just see them as bodies, right? Where it's like, well. Everyone will spend eternity somewhere. So, like, just just like what you were saying, there, there's eternal rewards, you know, waiting for those who, uh, like, like we can enjoy those rewards of like being obedient, whether or not they respond. That's God's that's God's you know job, right there to open their eyes. Uh, but there are also eternal implications and consequences if if they if they never hear and if they reject the gospel, like like they will they will spend an eternity somewhere, mm. you know. And I get so hung up on 
just the here and now that I forget that there's a heaven above, there's a hell below. Like we are eternal beings created in the image of God, but we're fallen and we need the gospel to redeem us back and to live eternally with him. Because otherwise, without without belief in Jesus Christ, like we will live eternity apart from God. Like that's what's at stake, you know? Mm-hmm. So and so having compassion on people like sheep without a shepherd, it's like, man, the it's it, it's still awkward, right? It still can be awkward. There's still fear, like there's all that stuff. But it's like, how unloving is it to um, to not share with with somebody the, the very thing that will not only meet their you know meet their need now, but will meet their need eternally, mm-hmm. right? Like if somebody was just start literally physically starving to death, like. I would act right away to try to help them in in that physical situation. Do I act with as much urgency as relates to their, to their spiritual situation of being a sheep without a shepherd? Like that was a really, that's a pretty bad place for a sheep to be like without a shepherd on their own with a bunch of wolves. Oh man, on their own. So yeah, no, that's, that's just so beautiful. And and I constantly have to remind myself every day, Mm -hmm. like it's not a one and done perspective. It's like, it's it's literally every day of like like Lord give me your eyes to see people the way that you see them and and that's gonna go far beyond the physical you know just nature of things like no they're spiritual beings mm-hmm. and so that's a great reminder Nick I appreciate you pushing us for that yeah and getting into into chapter two now uh, mm-hmm. you know we reading through Genesis three uh, one through three was a is a joy and mm-hmm. uh, I think often I look at that that passage and I just think. You know, creation and fall. But as you really comb through it, there's there, there's a lot more deeper things there. And uh, so, Jake, if, if we were going to break up the uh, one of the questions I had was, mm. what are the three main themes that you see through uh, Genesis one through three, if any? Yeah, yeah. So Genesis one through three is such a beautiful. I mean, it's it's so foundational. I think uh, generally when I'm when I'm talking to a, a, new, a young believer or an unbeliever, like Genesis 1 through 3 is uh, is pretty soon a place that I'll go because it's so foundational to even understand where where everything came from, like who is the creator mm. uh, and who is this God. And so it, it's cool because we see in Genesis 1 the account of creation, of God creating everything uh, in order through days 1 through 7. And then in Genesis 2, we almost get this zoomed in view of God's creation of of mankind, mm. right? It's like it, it's it's almost like a more detailed version of what was already kind of said in Genesis one, and then in Genesis three we see the account of the fall of man. Like, and what's so interesting to me, and, and I like this this is this is like six weeks old. This thought, okay, yeah. so this is like brand new. I've been a believer for a while now, and like only recently saw this, but. Uh, but what's so interesting uh, is that so the the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, right? And so and it was translated into English for us to see. And so, but what we see when you read through Genesis one is every reference to God is the Hebrew word Elohim, which is the general word for God. Okay. It, uh, it it's it's uh, maybe you could say an, an impersonal name of God. And then when you get to Genesis 2, this is the first time where, uh, and if you look in your Bible, you'll see in Genesis 2, um, let me make sure that I get this verse right, uh, where it first shows up. Uh, Genesis 2, verse 4, it says, In the day that the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, Mm 
Hmm. It doesn't just say God. Genesis 1 was full of God did this, God did this, God did this. Genesis 2 is where the Lord God, that word Hmm. Lord literally means Yahweh, and that's the personal name of God mm-hmm. that he that that he gives Moses uh, over in Exodus, and so what we see is that uh, you, you could almost see the the imminence of God or, or the the transcendence of God, which means that God is set apart. He is holy. He is righteous. He is just. He is he is so other than he's he's distant. And then when we get into Genesis two, we see the the imminence of God, the nearness of God, like not just the general name God, but that the writer is very clear over and over and over again. You keep saying the Lord God, the Lord God, the Lord God, the personal name of God, mm, the close beautiful. name of God. You know where it is like God is both transcendent, He is other than us, and He is imminent. He wants to uh, come close to us, and that's the account that we see in Genesis two, where He's He's creating very distinctly and fashioning, he's getting his hands dirty, mm-hmm. right? Like he's creating the garden for Adam and Eve, and, and he's, he's, he's getting his hands dirty, making Adam and fashioning Eve very specifically and intricately, uh, which only stands in such stark contrast to Genesis 3, where everything unravels and falls apart, where now, now the God who was to be both transcendent and imminent near to his people, uh, now there's a separation there. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's so devastating, right? And so, but yeah, seeing, seeing the difference between just Elohim and then Yahweh Elohim is just such a beautiful thing. I, If you're like, wow, I'd never seen that. I'd never seen that That's until fantastic. a few weeks ago, right? So like just such a beautiful unpacking. I mean, it's just a testament to you can read your Bible for years and years and years and years mm-hmm. and continue to be mining out new things like feast on the word of God, right? Man, you just gotta keep a, digging deeper. Yeah, it's like a, it's like it's like mining, but like, but it never ends. Like you 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 never tap the resources, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to move on to a new site, right? Like there's you, always gold. You stay there. There's always gold. You just keep going deeper. It the deeper you go, the more gold there is, and it's like the bigger nuggets it seems that there are. Mm-hmm. The deeper you go, and so yeah, just really beautiful. Anyways, I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, but it's just as I was musing on this, I'm like, oh man, this is this is really rich. Just who God is, right? He's both. He's both above us, but he also desires to be near us. Mm. You know, that's fantastic. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, man. You know, as we uh, look more at, at what we read in our chapter this week, uh, one of the questions uh, that came up in my mind was to to consider uh, with our class of as you look or as your first thoughts, your initial thoughts of looking at the Old Testament as we're diving into the Old Testament versus who you know God to be in the New Testament. At your gut reaction, do you really see a difference between mm-hmm. uh, who God is, or do you see similarities? What What's your gut thoughts? And I, I'd even pause uh, the video now to to write down your notes of mm-hmm. uh, is God's character the same, or is it different through the Old Testament and the New Testament? So, uh, coming back after you've written those down, you know, it, it was interesting for me to uh, when I first started to uh, know and study. Uh, the Bible that I really did see a, a big difference from who God was in the Old Testament to the New. But um, a- as we pour into even Genesis one through three, I I really love how uh, uh, the topics covered in the pa- in the in the chapter were that God is a loving Creator and He's a sovereign authority and He's a final judge. And mm-hmm. we see those we see those 
character qualities of who God is uh, in Genesis 1 through 3, and we see them throughout the whole of Scripture as well. Uh, with God as his loving, as a loving creator, you see that in Genesis 1. He, he created us. He gently formed us. He, he gave man a great gift and woman uh, and a great place to live. Uh, he he as a, so he was loving in the beginning. He's loving throughout uh, history. And he, as we even move into the New Testament, he's loving by giving us his presence. Uh, he, provides, he provides for God's people throughout the, uh, their wandering in the desert, providing them food. His heart is for the, the marginalized and the foreigner. He, he's clearly a loving creator mm. from beginning to end. Mm. Uh, you know, a, f- a few thoughts in, on God as sovereign authority. You know, he, he shows himself as sovereign authority in, in this the passage of Genesis 1 through 3 by, um, through creation is even, he's even showing his sovereign authority or even giving man, uh, some of his own authority to, to go out and to, to name the animals and, and have dominion and which we'll touch more on in a little bit. Uh, but God continues to throw uh, another example throughout, throughout the, uh, scripture is how God shows his sovereign authority through his covenants with us as his people. It, covenant would be described as how God determines how we have relationship with him. And so we have freedom in that uh, to act as we may, but it's under his terms. And so he's showing his authority. Mm. Finally, God is final judge. Uh, He shows in Genesis 1 through 3 in our passages for this week uh, that he has to have perfection to be with him. And uh, it's interesting how you preached about a, a Weeks, a few weeks back, even Jake, how it was the most loving thing that he could do mm. to to push God's people out of the garden. Yeah, um, but it was because he he will be a final judge at the end, and um, we see that throughout the whole of Scripture as we point to the end of time where God will be the the final judge over us uh, again. But uh, one uh, one beautiful thing that I haven't talked about yet is uh, in. In Genesis 3.15, even talking about God as final judge, is he's pointing to, to a time uh, in, in this, this is the first gospel in 3.15, mm. where he's rebuking the snake and telling him that he will crawl on his belly forever, but he will be crushed under the foot of, of the Son of God. Uh, this just brief hints toward a future restoration uh, already in Genesis 3. So that first gospel, although he's the final judge, he will be the one who will save his people as mm. well and crush Satan under his feet. So Jake, one uh, other topic I wanted to discuss uh, briefly was this uh, term vi- viceroy that was used in our mm. chapter this week. Uh, such an interesting term. We were just laughing even about uh, <laughs> I, I, what does that mean exactly. Uh, and I like how the, the book defined it as a, a governor of a kingdom mm. that rules under the authority and as a re- representative of the king. I'll just read that again. A viceroy is a governor of a kingdom that rules under the authority and as a representative of the king. Hmm. That, that's who, who God has declared us to be, that he, he's given us uh, little k kingdoms uh, that he is in authority over and he entrusts us to, but he's still the ultimate king over us. And uh, he entrusts us to that and, and to, to represent him as we live in those in those areas of spheres of influence that we have and, and uh, with what he entrusts us to. And that's uh, our family and, and our finances and uh, where we work and all of those things. He, he entrusts us to those. Mm. 
Yeah, and that leads us even into uh, Genesis one twenty eight, And I'll just read that. And, and God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. And so it started that, that God gave a man uh, his wife, and he gave them dominion over uh, naming the animals and over that little garden, but he didn't intend for them to stay there. Mm. He told them to be fruitful and multiply over the entire earth and gave an expanding dominion and expanding influence over not just a little plot of land, but for his glory to go through them to mm. even the rest of the earth. It was, it was kind of kind of cool. Yeah, because it, it's it's so interesting because like the the imagery of the garden is is almost like a like think of a garden outside of a castle. You know, it's like it's like I like that picture. Yeah, you know, it's like like there there was an expansive nature to uh, God giving Adam and Eve dominion over the garden, like that they would be his vice royals or his vice regents. You know, <coughs> where they would where they wouldn't just like stay in the garden and just like be gardeners, right? It's like, no, there's an expansive nature where it's like, like go be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and fill the earth with what? Like fill the earth with more uh, God with us presence, like fill the earth with the glory of God uh, as he dwells with his people. Like that was the original intent for Adam and Eve was that was that God's glory would be expanded to the ends of the earth, mm. you know, and and we'll and we'll get further into that, but it brings so many things together, right? Because it's like when they failed to do that in the fall, like if you continue to read through the Old Testament, like that uh, that kind of task was then transferred from Adam and Eve to the people of Israel. Like you're you're to be you're to be a kingdom of priests, mm. right? Like like now now your priestly nature is to fill the earth with my glory. That was the whole reason why God interacted with Israel in that way. And then Israel, you know, like failed to do that. And then it's like, oh man, we get to the New Testament. It's like, and now that's been given to us. Right. Absolutely. So that it brings it all to uh, Matthew twenty eight. You know, where it's like, like we, we have now been given the mantle that Adam and Eve were first given, like fill the earth with the glory of God mm-hmm. for his own name's sake. And it's like Adam and Eve failed, Israel failed in that all throughout the Old Testament. And now that's been given to all believers, fill the earth with the glory of God. And how do we do that? By making disciples, like Absolutely. with the multiplying effect to the ends of the earth, you know. So it's just such a beautiful, like, there's such a beautiful continuity between all the way from Genesis to Revelation. And where do we see mankind back in Revelation? We see them in a new heavens and a new earth. Back that to is, intimate relationship with God. Yeah, that, is, that has filled the earth with the glory of God. Like, it started off in the garden, and it ends in a temple city, like, where God's, earth, where God's glory has now filled uh, every crease and crevice of of his creation in the way that it was intended to be, mm. you know. And in the meantime, we've been given this uh, this task of, of this, like, viceroy, you know, task to, like, spread the gospel, like, spread the glory of God in the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth until he finally comes and fulfills it to its greatest, you know, completion. Like, it's so beautiful to be able to 
to be invited into that like, process, you know. God doesn't need us. He can do everything he wants all, all by himself, but, like, he and his grace has invited us in to, to experience the joy in that. Like, it's a joyful thing, and that's, that's where sharing the gospel, it's like, like that, that should be a joy, right? It's not, it, is, it is scary. There's a, there's a fear element. There's a, ah, this is weird kind of thing. But at the end of the day, it, it's, it should instill joy, you know. You know, in, in this discussion of, of Viceroy, of having uh, a little kingdom underneath God's command, it, it was as if in Matthew 28, Jesus just wanted to be sure to remind us mm. that, that we have authority, but he is the one with all authority. Yeah. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. Mm-hmm. So may we not forget that we are, uh, we are viceroys. We are uh, executing authority over uh, things that are ultimately his, mm. and, and we are representing him as we go forward. Yeah, yeah, that's that's huge. Like, we can't do it in our own strength and, and because people aren't saved in their own strength. Like, it's both on the front end and the back end. Like, I can't be saved without God alone being the one to open my eyes, and I can't save other people through my own strength. Like, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Like, Absolutely. That's, that's so beautiful. So, Jake, I, I enjoyed talking with you and, and reviewing chapter mm. one, being challenged with what is the gospel, uh, having discussions on chapter two today. And, and as we wrap up, I, I just want our, our listeners to, to be sure that they ask people their next survey question uh, from, from lesson two, do you believe in God? And if so, describe him. Mm. What a basic question that's pretty non-confrontational, but yeah. can glean a lot of, uh, of somebody's own heart and, and what they really think. Mm-hmm. So be sure to do your survey questions. Read Lesson 3, pages 33 through 41. And uh, we look forward to seeing you this Sunday at 845. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't snow. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see you guys later. 